This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharif Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. According to Hila Ledwaba, waste pickers are responsible for over 80% of South Africa's recycling, but they remain amongst our most stigmatized and victimized groups in society. Hila is the founder of Buka Skoko, an organization that works in substance use awareness, prevention, and harm reduction. In 2019, the organization won both the Momentum Metropolitan Business Cube Challenge and Leila Sedi Award. She has also been recognized by Santam as a woman of the future. Hello, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. Hi there. Thank you guys for having me. Hela, you are young and beautiful, but beyond that, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? Um, I'm not that young anymore, just turned 37. <laughs> Thank you. It also brought the beautiful. Thank you. I started off doing uh, community journalism for City Vision, which was a, a local newspaper that came out in Soweto and Alexandra and Joburg CBD. And that actually only happened because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life. Um, so I'd been that fits and then I dropped out. And then um, my godmother worked for an Afrikaans publication. And so she let me shadow her for a day. And then afterwards it was decided, let me give it a bash. And then I fell in love with community work. So I actually had never been to a township until I turned 20 imagine so for me just discovering like what it is to actually be a South African fully and I met such amazing people and it just changed my life and from doing journalism I ended up working for um, an NGO called Civicus which is an international umbrella organization and that also changed like my direction in life entirely because Doing journalism is nice in that you get to be like the eyes and the ears for the masses, you know, but there's an and then what factor, like you've told the story, but what do we do now with this, this situation? And when you're in the NGO space, you finally, you, you get to come up with the solutions, you get to be part of transformation. And with that, I found a sense of purpose, which had been lacking my whole life. You know, I grew up in a generation where drugs were becoming a thing. Um, I had a flirtation with drugs in high school. Fortunately, drugs didn't like me. So I, I had issues with depression and obviously drugs trigger depression, especially weed and stuff. I did develop an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. And that's how I ended up partying a lot in my 20s and just being one of those people who was struggling to to find their feet in life and then I met I met Jermaine my first proper true love boyfriend and we ended up being everyone's little Romeo and Juliet Jermaine then um he got caught up in drugs properly I wasn't aware how bad it got until he got addicted to Nyalpe. And for me, that was just appalling. He was a boy who he he went to St. Peter's at some stage of his life. He played provincial rugby. He played provincial soccer. He was charming. He was good looking. How does he end up on Nyalpe? How does he end up waste picking? I mean, he was there with the trolley on old Pretoria Road, like, shunting, you know, papers and plastics and stuff. Um, he eventually died in 2015. And before he had passed away, he always wanted to start an organization because he was like, Hela, in as much as I knew how bad drugs are, I didn't realize what decisions I was making. So I, I want to be able to make sure that people know, like they actually know, not just 
that they aren't just told that drugs are bad, that we also do programs to help them. So um, after that, I started Vogus Coco. And I, because I was very judgmental, I didn't like drugs at all. I thought if you decided to go down that route, that's entirely your own fault. Um, and I thought that it was deliberate and I had no sympathy, much less any empathy. But I fell in love with Nyalpe smokers and the waste pickers, their humility, how hardworking they are. Most of these guys have not been kicked out of home. They've just decided I can't keep destroying my family's lives. So I will live on the streets and I will waste back. And they're inadvertently doing so much for South Africa with the recycling, the amount of recycling that they're doing. So our work is more about getting them to remember that they're humans again, getting people to see them as humans again, give, letting them know that they aren't pariahs and then also trying to help those that are ready back and get into rehab. They die such stupid, unnecessary deaths on a daily. That's just unacceptable. You know, you can't, in this day and age, you can't die of HIV. You, you know, TB is also manageable. None of them are on their treatments. And these are things that we try very hard to get them back onto their treatments and stuff. What an incredible story and told such humanity, Hella. How does your organization work? How is it funded? And how do you go about doing your daily work? It was a passion, passion program. So my mom was just so happy to see me doing something that initially she was just paying for everything. And please bear in my mind, my mother was a domestic worker. Right. So um, she was paying for the team to get together from Soweto and travel to Alex and do school talks and get us started. Like we established a good relationship with the city of Johannesburg and um, the departments of social development and health and so forth. And then once we felt like we started learning how it worked, we, we decided to try branch off and do our own community stuff. From there, Jermaine's mom became a part of the organization and she was just funding stuff. But it wasn't feasible. And people kept asking me, why aren't you asking for funding? And I'm like, because I have an idea, but I don't have the product. You can't go sell an idea. People need to see it. And I'm also, I'm learning as I do. So I don't know who to ask or how to ask. Then towards the end of 2019, um, via the For Good platform, I joined a Charities for Change group. And then at the end of the year, I missed all of their meetings. Jermaine's mom was like, you need to go to that last meeting. I went to that last meeting and I met Glenn from the Angel Network. After I met Glenn, I heard her speak. I was like, mom, I've met someone. Like, I just know. Like, and then I wrote her an email. I was like, please, can I meet with you? And then she was like, next year, February, I went to Limpopo. I came back three weeks early because I thought the meeting was earlier. I met Glenn and Haley and in Santon. I will never forget that day we had coffee together. And then from that day, we were beneficiaries of the Angel Network. Everything has changed for that. Like since then, we run a soup kitchen now that runs every day of the week. We're able to, they, they put us in, in touch with so many people. Like right now, I'm off to go to Pridwin to go collect Pridwin Prep School, to go collect toiletries and stuff for our waste picking guys. And these are all connections and hookups from Glenn. We had the most amazing function yesterday with Gorgos and small children because we also work with small children. We were able to give all 150 grannies food parcels because they're the caregivers of the families. And now they have food parcels that will last them a whole month. And this is all again due to Glenn and them, you know. So that's how we are surviving right now. <laughs> 
So, Hela, I can tell you that it's a, it's a mutual relationship of respect and admiration because I came to you from Glynn. She was telling us about you. We work very closely with the Angel Network, and she was like, you've got to speak to Hela. She is the most amazing woman. So, Hela, um, kind of just because our time is going so unbelievably quickly, in terms of helping waste pickers, um, what is your success rate and how do you stay positive? To be honest with you, I know I should never say this. Everyone's like, but I feel like we need to be honest. We we fail them. It's easy to get them off the drugs and it's easy to get them into rehab because they want it. The problem is there's not enough for them to do when they come out. And we've failed dismally as a country in secondary care programs. You know, you leave the drugs and you go back to the exact same circumstances with still no opportunity, with no support structures in place. Most communities don't even have NA or AA, like we fail them in that respect. So we're successful in that. Are we able to get people to see that they need to stop and go to rehab? Yes. But in getting them to stay clean, no, because we don't have enough to keep them to keep them clean. What is the next step? Is it government? Is it more civil society organizations? Is is it poverty eradication? Not that we're responsible for any of those, but... I never ever say we need to do this and that with government. I just, I think it's about us and I think it's about us having compassion. We currently, our dream now is to build a center where we're going to, these guys know recycling. Let's get them to make money from doing recycling, but let's make it, let's let them see that they can be proper entrepreneurs doing it. Um, So it's about civil society. It's about organizations coming together and seeing that we all actually, if you're in a GBV space, it is tied into the substance use space. If you're working with children, it does tie, we all should collaborate better, pool resources, and we would get the poverty eradication. We would get everything eventually. Hila, um, I trust that this is just the beginning of what you do. Um, uh, the, the impact that I know you have already had on so many people is huge. And I can only say that I hope you grow from strength to strength and um, become, you know, a formidable player in the NGO role in terms of doing the work that you do. And I think there is a lot of goodwill by ordinary South Africans to waste pickers. And I think there is an empathy when people see them struggling, putting their mm-hmm. carts up and down in all kinds of weather, that people do want to get involved. What, what would you recommend? Can I tell you how much it means to someone when you make eye contact with them and you greet them? You know, it's just humanizing them. You don't even have to give. But once you start to humanize people, you restore their dignity. We, we all have it within ourselves to make the correct choices, you know? So if we start treating them with dignity and respect, they also will start to feel that way and start making different choices in their day-to-day lives. If you are able to give them, give them practical things, nice clothes. Don't dehumanize someone by giving them clothes that you that actually cannot be worn again. And you're like, but you're already dealing with rubbish. That, that isn't helping anyone, you know? So if you're going to give someone something that's pre-loved, make sure it is pre-loved toiletries, just stuff that people want. Don't think that just because someone's on the street, they don't want to be clean, you know. If anybody would like to get involved with what you do, how should they go about it? 
Well, you can drop us um, my email address is Hela L at Vogoscarco.co.za. We're on Facebook and we're on Twitter. We have a website where you can also get a hold of us on and our contact details are there. We love having volunteers come through. We you can volunteer to work with our small kids, with our teens, with the waste pickers, um, whether it's to come cook with us for a day or read to kids or just yeah. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me. That was Hela Ledwaba, who is the founder of Wuka Skoko, an organization that works with drug rehabilitation.